getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. Hello and welcome back. Oh wow, that was that wasn't it. You know, <laughs> welcome back, wooers. Wooists, John Woos. Oh, maybe. No, maybe. Um, we've been watching a lot of QVC. We just love it. We just <sighs> love it, and the it's whole family's so in on it. Well, because yep. it's it's very funny. It's just really great to hear people find so many ways to explain just one little thing over and over again but <laughs> the reason i brought it up was because they have a lot of energy yeah and yeah um like yesterday one of them sean was For those selling of you a who pillow watch. right she was selling a pillow so she was laying down <laughs> And her energy was much lower, and I was like, is Sean okay? Can someone go check on Sean? And it did make me realize, like, oh, maybe we need more energy. <laughs> but maybe this isn't that kind of show. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible that this is not the same kind of show as QVC, <laughs> but that doesn't make much sense to me. That's true. Anywho, um, how are you all doing? I hope you're okay. I guess this is coming out the day after the U.S. has elections. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's not we're not going to get political, but um, wow, I hope it went okay. And um, also, <laughs> yeah. it's the day after an a lunar eclipse. We'll talk about that further in l'energie rapport. <laughs> Le, no, no, no. Le rapport d'énergie. Nice. Probably. Yeah, probably. You know, this week we have um, Dr. Ingrid Clayton on, who um, I love. And <laughs> um, next week we have Judica Isles on. Mm -hmm. And then it's the week of Thanksgiving, and we were thinking about either taking it off or just having a you and me app. Now, I've we've already talked about how we met on Magic Monday. We we kind of went down that route. Mm -hmm. That route? Yeah. That yeah, that's how, that's the right word. Um, <laughs> Do you have other so I don't know if it would, word? That road. Oh, yeah, well, I think either one. <laughs> but we do have some listeners that were not Magic Monday or she may be <laughs> wanting to I mean, know the about. truth is we don't have really any idea what percentage of our listeners used to listen uh, to Magic Monday. We do have some idea based on people who leave reviews. Oh, that's true. Which we love you and appreciate you all. <laughs> um, but anyway, if somebody would... Oh, we got the nicest uh, email from somebody. Just was very sweet. Yeah. Um a former Magic Monday year. That's why I thought of that. Um, thank you. You know who you are. I don't know if they want me to say their name. Right. So I'm we should find out first. It. Yeah. I keep forgetting to email them. <laughs> they prefer a shout out. I mean, you know, there could be lots of them. So I'll just say it. Shout out to Cammie. Thank you, Cammie. We appreciate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. So what am I saying here? Oh, yeah. So if you would like, if you are interested in that, or maybe you have questions for us, otherwise, if you'd like us to do a little questioni episode, either about <laughs> us or other things. Yeah. Lay it you on know, us. Send us an old email. Shoot us an email at gettingtoknowwoo at gmail.com. And we will think about 
do we want to take that week off or not? We're having family over. It's going to be a lot of fun. Which is quite exciting because it's been a while since we've had family close enough to be over on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is exciting. So let's (laughs) talk about it. Um, This is our segment we like to call (laughs) What We're Excited About. (laughs) (laughs) Although I think... Wait, do we have that? Yeah, no, it is. I'm just um, leaving space for the song that you sang last week. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I'll find it and insert it. Okay. What we're excited about. Was that it? I don't know, but I might just use that instead. What we're excited about. (laughs) Ah. So, um, would you like to go first? Uh, Yeah, sure. Were you... I think well, I know what you're going to say, oh. that song I just sang. <laughs> well, it did supplant all of the other things about which I was excited. Um, I know. But just for the sake of, of completeness, um, I'll say that uh, I am excited because my return to art is uh, growing and continuing, which is very exciting for me. Um did, and tell us how. W- how it's exciting or how I'm... Ret- no, well, how it's coming back. Well, so I've just been drawing, uh, like making a point to to draw for myself uh, like throughout the day. Um, and I'm just amassing pictures and like the stack of pictures feels oh. good to look at, which is really nice. But oh. then also I've been saving... Those of you who have cats that you feed wet food, you might know this, but Fancy Feast, um, when you buy a case of it, there are these little thick cardboard inserts between the levels of cans. And I've been they're saving not that, those. They're actually well, they're, pretty thin. Well, okay. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're, not corrug- they're not corrugated cardboard, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's thinner than that. But as far as like the... I don't know what you call it, tag board maybe, the non-corrugated mm-hmm. cardboard. It's it. Well, I would call it thick. Let's not get into <laughs> it now. Uh, we'll save that for uh, getting to know thickness. Tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, That's weird. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, anyway, I've been collecting those four years like literally years with the intention Mm -hmm. of uh, using them as uh, canvases um, for, you know, like, uh, so I don't have to be too precious about it. I've got them on my desk now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start using them. So that's what I'm excited about. I wonder how, this is a good thing for people who are like, I keep meaning to do whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. this hobby or this thing I want to start and I'm not doing it. Yeah. Do you have any tips for like how you got in, how you were able to get back into it? Well, I would say two things. Like how did it happen? Yeah. Well, so one thing for me was that I had to do, I had to do some, uh, you know, emotional work for myself to Mm -hmm. like give myself permission to do it, which is not going to be a problem for everybody. But if they feel like they want to do it and they're not doing it, there might be a block like that for you. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely a what piece kind of, of it. emotional work did you, you did like inner child. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, you know what I would, I did it with, uh, I mean, I am lucky Your enough therapist. to live with a therapeutic intuitive as well as oh. having access to wow. a therapist that wow. I feel connected to. So, um, I, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a combination of those things, but it could be, you know, however you want to go about it, but it may just need right. addressing for you like it did mm-hmm. for like me. Like what's underneath it, what's underneath yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, like what's yeah. making, what's causing you to not allow yourself to do this thing. Because truly for me, like one of the conscious excuses I always gave myself was I don't have time for this. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not true because Ain't I nobody do got it. time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that to yourself? 
Um, I that is on a nearly constant loop in my head. Mm-hmm. That's just like oh, background okay. noise for me. So yeah. I mean, I guess in that sense, I did. Say, Go on. Uh, and then, the, but the two? other thing is that I just I when I place the things that I need to do it in easy reach like just eliminate excuses oh, like you don't have to go yeah. somewhere to do it so like i just have these things mm-hmm. on my desk okay. um same thing was true when i was better about practicing uh ukulele like i would oh, just yeah. have it i had it hung right to next to my desk so that i could take it off and practice right. for five minutes and go back to what i was doing yeah. i gotta so. get back into my fiddle yeah me too um um yeah. okay well <laughs> me I'll be quick. My things I'm excited about are, well, first of all, have I mentioned how much I love Van Lathan and the podcast Higher Learning? Finish listening to this one and then you can listen to that one. But basically, <laughs> I love it because it's a black podcast and they um, talk about the news and they, I'm just always shocked. I mean, they're not talking about news that is like obscure or something like that right. but so often i won't have had any idea that the things there that they're talking about happened and i'm not yeah. uninformed and you said the same no. thing when you've listened i've said did you know about this and you and you said no and you listen like, to npr every day yeah yep i mean yeah i listen to the yeah. news i read the news yep uh, yeah and i mean yeah. it is so, ob- it's not obscure but it, it does feel like it is intentionally obscured if it doesn't have a yes. connection to the white community you mean the news the, the news that they talk like about mainstream that media haven't heard of. Yeah. yeah 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 right right yeah so uh, and it's and also he's really funny and it the uh, his co-host is rachel lynn Lindsay, who was a bachelorette but she um is much more than that she's a lawyer she's really smart um and i just love i just really love it and i really do feel like it's required listening for white people because it's just the regular um like mainstream media really is just so whitewashed yeah so that's something and then the other thing is i'm just like um, I mean, we've already mentioned QVC. I love to watch this QVC because it's so funny. It's like watching a little comedy, but also it's getting me in the holiday spirit. I really love the holidays <laughs> so much. And um, we're going to decorate our tree soon. Oh, yeah. I just want everything up ASAP. Yeah. And, um, and in conclusion, last thing, I'll throw in a third, mm. is the band The 1975. Oh, I just really love them, and I'm just throwing it in there. Now you've loved them recommend... for a while. What is it that's brought them up this week? Well, they have, um, they came out with an album. Actually, I don't know when that was, but I keep I've been hearing new songs from that album, gotcha. and also I have a playlist. I come up with a, I make a playlist every year on Spotify, and they're on there. And I, I don't know. I just really love them, and. Yeah. And I just wanted to tell people. So that's what's happening. Um, <laughs> so before we get to our interview with Dr. Ingrid Clayton, um, I just want to have say a few housekeeping things, which one is thank you so much to everybody, as we mentioned before, who left reviews. And if you could tell a friend, mention to them, oh, I like this podcast. That really helps. Share us, it in your feed. I guess feed. the way... There's a lot of podcasts out there right now, so it it yeah. is um it can be hard to spread the word. So we really appreciate you for doing that. Leaving a review is amazing. Rate that shit on Spotify, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, you're I on mean, Spotify. Give it that five it. stars. I mean, listen, we really appreciate it yeah. a bunch, a whole bunch. I, I would go so far as to say multiple bunches. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, also, I have a book coming out April 18th called Healing Your Inner Child. If you could go to Amazon.com and look for Healing Your Inner Child by me and pre-order that business. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. And I really appreciate it. There's so much I'm appreciative of. Oh, yeah. If you're going to buy it, pre-ordering it is uh, very helpful. Yeah, it lets my publisher know people care and then... Um, they'll want to, you know, promote it. Mm-hmm. So 
thank you for that. And if you would like to find me other places like my newsletter, I send it out about twice a month with lots of helpful tools and information. You can go to highestlighthealing.com and sign up for the newsletter. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and the Tiki Talkies at Highest Light Healing. You can also schedule a session with me on highestlighthealing.com. Okay, well, now we are going to be interviewing Dr. Ingrid Clayton, who I love so much, and I will now read her bio. <laughs> Dr. Ingrid Clayton is a clinical psychologist and author of Recovering Spirituality, Achieving Emotional Sobriety in Your Spiritual Practice. She is a contributor to Psychology Today. Her article, What is Self-Gaslighting, is considered an essential read. Ingrid has been interviewed for countless publications, including Women's Health Magazine and a guest on numerous podcasts, including this one. And, <laughs> and of course, and she has this amazing book, Believing Me, which is her memoir about healing from narcissistic abuse and complex trauma, which is out now, and you should definitely get it. And um, she also says in her bio, while Ingrid has a clinical background, she feels there is no theory, diagnosis, or therapy that can replace the power of shared experience. Mm. And here is our interview. Okay, Ingrid, so happy. We are so happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. A gentle rain just started falling Ooh. in LA. I feel like that feels oh. auspicious somehow. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> um, you know, I was I I do want to just say something unrelated, kind of, to the book. I'm just gonna start here with a special talent I have. Bring it. The year was 2002. <laughs> didn't have an album out. <laughs> Just you. It, don't worry. It's all going to make sense. <laughs> Nobody had heard of him. I found a John Mayer song on the Internet and then a whole group of people. We started trading. It was before I said to people, do you know who John Mayer is? No. And now, <laughs> of course, we all know who John Mayer is. OK, skipping ahead to the year, let's say 2010. I find one Chris Stapleton song on YouTube. No one had heard. I, if I wanted to hear him, I had to go to that one song on YouTube. He didn't have an album out. Wow. No. Now look. Now we'll <laughs> fast forward to, I don't remember. I think it was maybe February of this year. Dr. Ingrid Clayton and I start talking. I think she has maybe 2,000 followers or something. We interview, we talk on Magic Monday. Love her. Then I said, Ingrid, do you suddenly have a lot more followers than you did before? <laughs> she said, yeah. cut to today. I, do you have like 100,000 followers within a year? I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we call the Levenger bump. So you're welcome. Right. You're welcome yes. for yeah. finding me. Thank you, Natasha, for spreading <laughs> the good word. Yeah. <laughs> it's all me. And I that's why I'm here to take credit for yeah. all of what you've done. No, but it is so amazing how much you've grown, like your audience. And just thank goodness that your work is being seen by so many people. I mean, it's so great. So if you haven't found Ingrid on Instagram, She's got great reels, so much great information. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Just had to start with that. Just had to start with that. Okay. Now <laughs> we're going into, so Ingrid just wrote, it just released a memoir called Believing Me about healing from narcissistic abuse and complex trauma. And I love this book so much. And I was, I mean, I am not a big crier. I think I'm just... I mean, I was crying throughout. I was telling Brett that I was crying. Um, I mean, it definitely was so resonant with me. And I think we have very different stories. Our parents were very different. But the way that you're that you were able to specifically describe the abuse was somehow very specific to you. But also it felt like this is me. This is exactly what happened to me. It's so First of all, thank you for reading the book. And um, it's every time I hear something like this, and I'm hearing it a lot, it just is a lot for my nervous system to take in mm. because 
as I was writing the book and quite frankly, as I lived with my own story for my whole life, Mm. um, I thought it was kind of unique, right? Mm. Like I thought that I lived in this space where it wasn't like as bad as other people's stories. And it wasn't like the normal thing that I was always striving for. It lived in this middle space that just felt, um, missed and mine. And what you Mm. just, I mean, even the way that you said it is what I'm hearing so often is you are telling my story in a way that I didn't even know it was my story because I didn't have the language for it. And our stories, the particulars are different, but the way that I kind of inhabited that experience and shared about what was living in me uh, for so many years, sadly feels pretty universal. And um, I'm heartbroken about that and grateful that we are creating this community. Like you said, right, all of a sudden, all these people on Instagram, it's like, I am not alone. You are not alone. We are not alone. And um, that to me feels like the giant silver lining. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because reading your story, it felt extremely obviously abusive, right? Like it wasn't like, uh, well, this is somewhere in the middle. I get why she <laughs> right this way, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also, as someone, you know, who had narcissistic parents, especially my mom, um, it is just, it's such a terrible um side effect of that particular abuse is that it can feel well maybe this is true of all abuse I don't know it's that it just feels normal you know it just feels like well it's not that bad if you don't have like you have mentioned in the book physical bruises right so I think it's the hidden nature of narcissistic abuse but all emotional Mm. abuse and neglect is that it's it's not visible and and Couple that with gaslighting, which tells you that it's not that bad, that you're being ridiculous. You're a liar and you're too sensitive and you need to get over it. You're just dot, dot, dot. That created, even though a part of me consciously knew that it was bad, I knew that it was wrong. I knew that it was all those things. I simultaneously was like, well, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I don't know the full extent. And Other people certainly do have more visible, obvious, quote unquote, experiences that I can identify as as abusive. And and quite frankly, this language is all still rather new to me. Um, I was which part abuse, trauma, (laughs) trauma survivor, narcissism, like Mm. it wasn't it wasn't personal to me until I wrote the book. I didn't know that I was writing about these things for several years while I was writing the book. Hmm. That's how deeply buried um, the truth was, even in my own being, that I'm a trauma therapist, okay? I'm a clinical psychologist who works in trauma. And it took me years and years of writing my own story until I could see it outside of my body in black and white and finally... (gasps) Oh my gosh, this is com I have complex PTSD. Mm. Yeah. It's how it's how I discovered it was mm. through the writing. And I think that's also why perhaps the writing feels so sort of um raw and accessible as I didn't enter it as a clinician mm-hmm. who's going right. to talk to you about trauma bonding. <laughs> I entered it as someone who lived in a trauma bonded world. And I was like looking for the edges, trying to go, this is, this is what I felt. And I don't think that this should be this way. Right. It was a very inside out exploration, not Mm. a top down one. And, and I suspect that's why um, people can see themselves more clearly. Yeah. I'm curious if, um, if you know, like, because you didn't start writing this as a, as the story of a trauma survivor, did you have a conscious motivation for beginning this or was it just sort of, I'm going to, I need to start writing about this for myself? Yeah, that's a good question. What was conscious was that uh, my stepdad died. Okay. And he was the narcissist in my life. And I felt 
such an overwhelming sense of freedom in his passing Mm. that opened up, you know, there was a series of other things that happened, but ultimately it opened up um, the floodgates where I was literally being woken up in the middle of the night, every single night, like Mm. clockwork. Uh, I had to come out here where I'm sitting right now at my kitchen table and write these stories, these stories Mm. of my life as though they were fully intact scenes. I could smell, I could taste, Mm. I, I could see every detail, the dialogue. It had, it had been sitting in my brain for decades and I had to get it onto the page, but I didn't know what it was. I was like, am I writing about being a flawed therapist? Like I didn't (laughs) know except that I knew that it felt so important. It felt like my life depended on it. It Mm -hmm. felt like I was putting pieces of a puzzle together that simultaneously I was like, okay, I need to capture these stories, but I also need to talk to every single person that was ever involved in any of these things. And I started picking up the phone. I called social services where my family was mandated in 1991. I'm like, do you have the records? I need to know what it says in those pages. I called the counselor that I talked to as a junior in high school. Like, what do you, I I was so hungry to capture this thing. And I, it was compulsive. I couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. I was seeing clients every day. I had a little boy, like two, three years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And yet at the end of the night, I'd turn to my husband and I'd be like, I wrote these 30 single spaced pages today (laughs) in the 10 minutes that I, you know, um, it just, it was a calling. I guess that's the easiest way to describe it. It was a calling and I couldn't stop even when it felt so gross and painful. Mm. And it felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. And agents don't seem to care what I'm writing about. Cause I had published a book previously and it was kind of easy to be honest, to get that first book published. I was mm. like, well, whatever this is, it's going to, they're going to help me kind of figure it out and shape it. And agents mm-hmm. were like a memoir. Who are you? Like, nobody knows mm. who Inc. Clayton is. And mm. Um, so I I was like shaking my fist at the gods. Like, if you don't want me to do this, take it away. This is too Mm. painful. I just felt like I was knocking on all these doors and I was blinded for so long. Yet that was a part of what had to happen for me to eventually get to the most helpful healing thing I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. See, this to me is just proof of how powerful you know, what we would call woo woo stuff is because it was listening to your higher self. That's how I see it. It's like, you just, you trusted yourself Mm -hmm. enough to do that, to follow through on the calling to, to heal in this way. I mean, and it's so like, we all have such different healing paths. And I think, it's so important to listen to whatever it is that you, you know, that you're hearing. And, but it is really interesting that you were able to, especially being a survivor of narcissist abuse, to trust that hearing and to go through that. You and I talked about this before and it used, it was originally in the book, but it ended up being taken out because there's too much material. But um, one of the things okay, after my stepdad died, I'm in my life, I'm living in all my trauma responses, part of which is like, the next thing's going to make me feel better. No, the next thing's going to make me feel better. And at that point in time, the next thing was I wanted another baby. And I had my son right before my 41st birthday. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, well, I don't know if this is going to happen, like time is running out. So I did what a lot of people do. And I called a psychic. Oh, right. And the psychic said, I don't know if you're going to have another baby, but you're about to write a book. And I was like, what are you talking about? I've written a book. Mm. There's been nothing else on that horizon forever. And he kept pulling more cards and pulling more cards. And he kept pulling the high priestess. And he's like, Ingrid, there are, you would know, Natasha, how many cards are in this deck? And I can't tell you how many times I pulled this one in this position. You are the high priestess. He said, except you're not her right now. He's like, your wings are folded in. You're like in a miasma. Your boots are in a swamp (laughs) and you're stuck. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks. I know that. I appreciate it. Um, But he said, good luck. You're the queen. Yeah. Good luck. He goes, you're the queen of articulation. 
And I was like, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and, and you're going to do this thing. And it's your first book was your training wheels. Like you're hmm. going to do this thing and you're going to, you're going to change the way we look at mental health. Like it was giant what he was saying. And I was wow. like, okay, thank you so much. This sounds amazing, but there's literally nothing on the horizon. Mm. And it was a week after that call that the writing started coming. Oh, wow. wow. And so it was self-trust. It was this, like, I can't not write this, but I had this tiny little bit of permission from a man I'd never met in person, spoke to on the phone, had talked mm-hmm. to maybe one time before. I, I believed what he was saying, even if it seemed kind of like over the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a part of me that was like, I know that he's right. I know mm-hmm. that he's speaking to the part of me as a therapist who has clients who come in and they write down word for word, the thing I just said, you know, because it speaks to their experience more than anything ever had. Like there was stuff that I was like, wow. Okay. So I do remember this, you telling me this because I had, I just had the same thought, which is he saw it in you. Like he saw that he saw it and you, I do think you know part what you're saying is a part of you even though a lot of you was folded up there was a part of you that saw that truth too that resonated yes. with it yes and then and, and I was excited by it and so when the writing st- writing started coming I was like oh this is the book mm, even yeah. though I didn't know what it was about it was like oh no this is the book and and I mm. believed it in a way that um is maybe kind of surprising because as someone who doesn't really trust herself and really think that she's meant to Is do big things. Like, um, it has been, both things have been true, right? There's the mm-hmm. part of me that's always like, I know who I am. Like, but there's this other part of me that's like, no, you don't. Mm. You cannot trust yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And I never really know which one is the one I need to listen to, right? Really? But yeah, I mean, that's you- a big that's mm. been a big part of, uh, I think my complex trauma. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I was saying yeah. really about the, you don't know which one to listen to. Can you feel like when you are feeling that doubt that that's the part you feel like you should listen to some part of you when you're in that feels like you should listen to it. Like it might be I, true. I feel like in my healing from trauma, my discernment grows and grows and grows. Mm. But my actual truth where I lived for most of my life, and this is what I think is important when people are throwing around the term gaslighting, like everybody's a gaslighter. It's like, listen, gaslighting is true, intentional, psychological manipulation designed to make you question your reality. And it doesn't make you question your reality about the very thing that they might be talking about in that moment. It like goes into your psyche and plucks out that ability for you to know or trust anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, so that's what I was living with. Yeah. Right. And not only was the gaslighter convincing me that I don't maybe really know which end is up, but it was perpetuated in all the times I asked for help and told you don't really deserve help. And oh, my uh, God, can we just talk about that? Also, wait, I have two things to say. One, I don't even know why I was questioning so much, because I mean, that was totally my life. My life changed when I started to believe I've talked about this before, but for me, it was an acting class where somebody where my acting teacher was like, why aren't you where I was supposed to do an exercise where I was reacting honestly in the moment. And, mm-hmm. and my acting teacher said, why didn't you react to Tabitha? She's being such a bitch right now. And I was like, oh, I thought I was overreacting. And yeah. she said, everybody here saw her and was like, why isn't Natasha reacting to her? And for some reason in that moment, a light bulb went off and I was like, oh my God, like my whole life I've been told I was, over- I can trust this feeling. Yes. That yes. Is so I think the reason that I was asking that is just because now, even though I do merge with what I would call as my inner child part that is feeling so Mm. self-doubting I, and I feel terrible when I do it, there is a, I know at this point enough to know like, okay, this isn't the truth, even though it 1 billion percent feels like the truth. 
I guess as well, what I was trying to say. This is why I ended up changing the book title at the end Ah. to Believing Me. Such a perfect title. Because that is where the, that's where the writing and the sharing my story finally brought me back to was my own truth in a way that no one will ever, 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 ever steal from me again. And this, okay. So this is what I wanted to ask you. So in the book you talk about, and you actually just said this here that you started calling people and Mm. getting their take. And I just want to say for me, that would terrify. I wouldn't want to do that because everybody was gaslighting me. Yeah. And so I don't even want to know what they have to say about it because they were on her side. They were gaslit by her. I mean, they were, you know, but, um, I related so much when you, so for me, what happened was when my mom died, we found her diaries and yeah, I I tell you that. Okay. So yeah. And so I read them and then it was so validating, right? Because it was like, oh my God, talk about believing me. I could believe myself. Yes. Um, And it reminded me of that part in your book when you talk to your mom. Oh, no, not when you talk to your mom, but when you talk to other people that were like, no, this happened. It was like the same experience. I read in her diary. Oh, my God, it happened. So for you, did that feel was there any fear on your part when you were calling people that they would say, oh, no, actually, Ingrid, it didn't happen. Every step of this journey has been terrifying. Mm. And I mean, I'm using that word by design because I am facing. Okay. So the last time in my experience that I talked about this stuff out loud with the players, it made it worse. Mm. It made it worse. At least when it was a secret, it was like, well, you know, maybe they don't really know. Maybe my mom doesn't really know. And maybe it's not that bad. But when I did in fact call social services, uh, when, I was 16 or 17 years old and they came to my high school and we all came together and I told the whole story of everything that was happening. My stepdad was grooming me, all of these things. And then I was told, "Mm, you're a liar. I don't, I don't believe you. It made it worse. Okay. So my body now has this, this imprinting as don't, don't talk about it again. Just move on. You tried, right? It's like I had a fight response and my fight response didn't work from a trauma yeah. perspective. Yeah. So I became the fawner. I'm like, okay, cool. People pleasing, codependency. I can ride these waves. And I've been oh. riding them my whole life. And suddenly in order to heal, I had to break out of the fawning trauma response oh, and come back shit. towards middle ground that includes being willing to engage in some conflict but not where I'm willing to surrender my truth if you still decide that your version of the story is is different from mine. And so Mm -hmm. it was terrifying, Mm -hmm. but except for the call with my mother, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, she she does kind of tip the scale heavier than many of the other conversations, but every other conversation I had was not only validating, I got history and experiences that I never knew about, about my stepdad that were just mapping out like specifically over my own. And it was like, oh my gosh, it wasn't just me. He's done this before. And he was like carrying out the same tactics at the same ages that I was. And, um, as I, got more validated and I felt like, okay, yes, this is real. I'm real. This is true. The terror kind of, you know, goes down just a little bit. And it's just been this like slow recalibration, right? Mm. Every chapter with every phone call, with every edit going on social media. Now I'm going to put a face on it. I'm going to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be more visible, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's been like breathing life, like pumping Mm -hmm. life into my into my veins. Like I'm here. I'm a real person. I matter. This happened. This is what it did to me. I will not abandon myself in the face of this for one more day, even if it means conflict, even if it means I lose people in my life. It's like, Mm -hmm. I had to be willing uh, 
to do whatever it takes. Quite frankly, that's what Mm -hmm. it felt like because Mm -hmm. Natasha, I tried everything else. Yeah. I went and became a clinical psychologist for Christ's sake. I became a trauma therapist. Yeah. I sat on a million couches. Yeah. I've been sober for 27 years. None of it gave me the relief. It was like, I was still in this prison. And when he died, I was like, I will not live in this prison Mm. one more day. Mm. Yeah. So go ahead. Well, I, you touched on this. I was thinking before this interview, if the, if, you know, the process of promoting this book is something that you have to prepare for. The book is so, um, personal and open and like just uh, um, amazing in that regard. And so I'm wondering if like when you do interviews like this, if you have to sort of prepare yourself, but then you just said that it is also sort of pumping life into you. So I wonder if there's a balance of those two or if it's hard, you know, it's, it's just getting easier and easier. That's, that's the truth of it. I'd say the first time, you know, particularly on Instagram, which I was there to start to sort of see if there was community and audience hmm. for my book initially. And hmm. so to put my face on a video <laughs> was like, um, yeah, scary. I mean, so scary. I yeah. genuinely thought that I was just going to tank my career. You know, mm-hmm. who's going to want to work with a therapist that like is like owning that they are living with unresolved complex trauma and like singing and dancing along the way. Like <laughs> silly. But that is really sure. huge. This yeah. part about I mean, because I do have pause about that for myself. You yeah. Know? Like I'm like, oh, if I admit like I had a really bad week where I went into an emotional flashback for, you know, a week. Are people going to want to, you know, trust me to see me? But um, so it's scary. I mean, it is scary. So scary. But I've been so surprised that it had the complete opposite. Mm, Yeah. Effect. Yeah. Because if someone knows, you know what it feels like to be in an emotional flashback. Oh, you were in one yesterday. (laughs) You were like crying on, on screen. Like, um, and, and actively trying to like, kind of walk through it. That's yeah. that, you know, they want to work with someone who, who gets it. it. It just builds yeah. trust. And, yeah. Yeah. um, well, yeah, sorry. Were you going to say well, something? I feel like Brett asked a, a, maybe oh. a slightly more nuanced question that maybe I'm not getting to, but to the bigger picture, it's, it's only gotten easier. And, oh, this is maybe the other thing I was thinking all of the validation that I always wanted from the key players in my story, I really thought like, oh, they hold the keys to my freedom. Like yeah. they have to admit what happened, right? Right. Um, that didn't happen, isn't going to happen, but I am getting validation. Just like how we started this amazing podcast. Natasha's like, I saw Ingrid go from this to this. And it's because (laughs) of her story as a trauma survivor. And I see myself reflected in your story. I go, oh my gosh, my story must be real. You're Mm. real. I love and adore you. I think you're so smart. You're giving me back this feedback. Oh, it's like, I'm getting the validation that I always, always wanted. um, But I was never going to get it in this tiny little toxic Mm. dysfunctional circle. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, we think we hold on so tight to so many things. So, you know, to thinking we need this one thing, whatever it is. And it's so scary to release and let go and say, okay, I, you know, release resistance and see what, let me see what happens. Yep. Yeah, that's always where, yeah, it's, it is a huge risk and it's so scary. Um, okay. I have two things. I hate how quickly this time is going, but, um, one thing I, that you're touching on here, that is my favorite part of this book is exactly what you just said, which is, I somehow was still surprised reading it when you talked about that, you knew you had to text your mother to end your relationship. And then you talk in detail about how that made you 
um, that sent you into, how would you put it? I don't want to say spiral downward, but it was just such a perfect example of what growth looks like because you were taking this step, this incredibly brave step, which is Mm -hmm. growth. You had awareness about what you needed to do Mm -hmm. and your nervous system was like, no, I can't do this. Oh yeah. Um, no, it felt, yeah. it felt absolutely terrible. So for me, always thinking about things through the lens of trauma, if I learn to survive as a fawner, which is a people pleaser and codependency, I'm going to abandon myself. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. And I hope that eventually you're going to like have my back. If I'm coming out of fawning just to like actually be me and not abandon myself and have a voice. It literally feels like I'm not doing the one thing that has kept me safe my whole life. It's like I'm naked. It's like I don't have any skin. And the truth is, man, I can feel it in my body right now. The truth is I don't have any skin in that moment. I don't know what's going to happen except this memory of how badly it went Mm. the first time around oh I hate that I I even said this in the book it's like so I'm walking into the fire one more time it's like why would I do that why would anybody do that but I knew on some level that I had to do it and that this time I had my own back yeah and I did have my amazing husband and some friends and compassionate people around me that truly did have my back. Like I am an adult. I'm have gray hair. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in my life, right? I'm not a kid. I'm not a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had to take the step and set the boundary. But what really surprised me wasn't the terror and how horrible it mm. felt. I felt like I was being mean. I felt like Um, I was being selfish. I felt like I was being all the things they always told me that I was like, yeah, you have to face all of that. And then I take the steps to set a boundary. And the first thing I feel is hope, hope, Mm. maybe, Mm. maybe this is going to be the thing that makes my mom finally believe me. It's Uh. like the little puppy just cannot stop going please, please give me attention. Is this going to be it? Is this boundary going to finally be the thing? And then I'm just full of rage because I'm like, why is hope the first thing to come? It was just, and I'm just witnessing all of it, you know, as a puddle in my car, just like, oh gosh. I mean, it is, that is growth though, that you were able to witness it instead of again, in like my inner child terms, it was like the one inner child who was, you know, Oh, will my mommy love me? You know? And then the angry teenager who's like, fuck you. Why do you want to be loved by her? She's terrible. And then, and then it's just like, ah, they're battling it out. (laughs) They are. It's a battle. That's what it is. Internal battle. And I had enough knowledge to go, well, I just, I got to just ride this thing and see kind of how it plays out. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing anything behaviorally to go back into the old patterns to get hooked in. And that's but huge. Yeah. did have to feel all of the stuff yeah. that was emerging. Yeah. Like there's no yeah. avoiding Bypassing. that unless you have some woo that he allows me to completely avoid <laughs> all that and then I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I do think energy healing does help, like not yeah. to bypass it, but it does take the yeah. edge off. I do think that because I yeah. think if you're um it's fucking rough, man. But when you it it does it does help smooth the edges. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um just very simple things like it, it also helps you connect to that inner parent a little bit more like mm-hmm. sometimes. But let me tell you, when I have an emotional flashback and I go back merged with an inner child part, yeah. I mean, it still takes work. I mean, a lot right. of work and it feels really terrible. And that's I mean, that's the part where I was trying to say in the beginning that I related so much to you that even though we had different things that different um 
the actual situations were different. That mm. feeling of like feeling gross, feeling like just like uh, that. Sometimes I still feel that if I put my face on Instagram, I'm, I do have that feeling of like, oh, people can see that I'm actually gross yes. and not likable. Yes. And I mean, that's one of the things my mom said was like, she didn't see what my friends saw in me. I mean, it was like everybody was thought I was just gross. I mean, that's what that emotional flashback where I go to. So <sighs> it's hard. But what I want to say about you is this is one of the biggest things that's so healing about this book that I am so grateful that you wrote it is for people to see like, oh, okay. And I talk about this a lot. So I'm so glad you wrote about this is like, you can have those moments and it means you're growing. That does not mean you're not That's growing. Right. This and is you what healing did, looks like. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. This is what healing looks like. And the way you, I just want everybody to get this book for that reason alone, if nothing else, to just read how, because you really went into it and you're growing and you're a, you know, psychologist and you, right. are, you have all the information. It doesn't mean that you're back to square zero, oh. square one. <laughs> And uh, none of that protects me from the human condition. Right. right. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all humans. We That's can't. Right. Hold on. That's um, right. Okay. Well, listen, oh, I love talking to you. Yeah. I, so everybody buy Ingrid's book, believing me it's on Amazon it's and, on Amazon. and then also review it, you know, while you're yeah. there after you drop uh, them five stars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I do love a good review. No, particularly <laughs> as a, you know, I self-published this book yeah. in the end um, mm. because I, you know, I don't know many publishers who want to publish a memoir with a 20 page clinical glossary in the back. <laughs> That's it. so I helpful. I would, I mean, I love that. Your next one they'll publish. Yeah. Right. But um, so those reviews, I think they make a huge, huge difference because Definitely. how people are are going to find out about it so i'm so grateful for the reviews and yeah. grateful to y'all for reading it and having this conversation i mean we could yeah. talk for five more days honestly yeah. i really could oh oh that's the last thing i just want to say i mean i have a million more things but yeah. i was started to say i was crying when in recognition but then i was crying because i was so proud of you <laughs> I mean, when even just like you moving to New York and then and then following your singing, mm -hmm. you know, your desire to have that singing career and following through with it. I mean, I know how hard that is to do something like that with with where you came from and just that. And that's what I was crying about. Like, oh, you are there. That's where it was like, you're there. You're there. It's not. um you I saw you as believing you in those in those moments too you know like you following that. your dreams and in spite of what you know what Randy had believed in. and your mom by the way who I think is just equally but anyway that's for another day. <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you Ingrid. and you can find Ingrid on Instagram of course at Ingrid Clayton is it Dr. Ingrid Clayton? On I there? think it's at Ingrid Clayton PhD. Yeah. Okay, Same great. Same with YouTube now. Yeah. All right. Thank nice. you so much, Ingrid. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thanks so much. Okay. <laughs> we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Um, I was thinking earlier today that it would be funny to start mm saying outlandish things that our guest has said reacting to it when we're recording this um because frequently we record this before we've interviewed them yeah um and then acting like those things happen <laughs> <laughs> i'm confused by what you said so like let's let's pretend like we just came back from the interview but obviously we haven't okay. interviewed her yet we're doing that tomorrow okay. so we, you would say yeah. we're back and i would say like oh my god can you believe what she said about that um, uh -huh. thing but i'd be more specific than it. that i don't all think it'd right. be very funny but i just thought i'd share that with you that thought and i'll edit this out just... later <laughs> <laughs> you actually did say it was gonna be funny you go you know something funny i know but then having had to explain it it doesn't sound as funny, so funny anymore yeah all right well regardless <laughs> now it's time for the energy report <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh. 
Awesome. Every time. All right. Well, y'all, so here's the deal. (laughs) We're doing an energy report in times like these. Times like these, it's weird. That song? <laughs> no, I don't know what song is that. It's the Foo Fighters. Times like these, anyway, it's weird. He what does that actually weird. say? He doesn't. In times like these, um, it's times like these. You, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, All I know else. is he's saying it. <laughs> you know, in that Taylor Hawkins um, oh, tribute, yeah, tribute, and he started to cry, and it was sad. <laughs> That is sad. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, in case you didn't know, was the drummer from the Foo Fighters and also the uh, person that I saw one time at Target. Looking very lost. Confused. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So I can't check it because I'm not on the internet now. But let's just talk oh. about the energy report. Yeah. Here's the deal. Okay. Yesterday was, as I mentioned, a lunar eclipse. Now, when I look at the energy of this week, what the first thing that came to me was immediately I was drawn to my grounding cord, mm. and or you know. Uh, everybody's grounding cord, but that's what I was shown. And I saw this image of it being twisted. Oh. And, well, it's okay. What I got from that was that a little bit of anxiety, actually, that there is an anxious energy in the air, but also the overall feeling was that paying attention to our nervous systems and releasing and grounding, grounding into the body, doing you know, focusing on that releasing energy. So the grounding, what the one technique that I love for this is just imagining an energy cord that is attached from the base of your spine to the center of the earth and seeing at the bottom of that, like a vacuum, like imagining it just vacuuming out anything that doesn't serve you. You don't have to know what is in it. Just having the intention of like a clear, like, okay, that feels better, like clearing it out. And then just knowing the earth recycles anything that isn't yours. And it, um, at the, you know, at the middle of the earth, it's just like this nice little light, like, um, I don't want to use the word gooey because that's gross, <laughs> but that's how it feels to me. It's like a nice, warm, like, oh, Viscous. this is the place where everything's okay. That's mm. even worse. Mm. And it just gets recycled. So this idea, though, that coming back to the body and being pretty focused on clearing out your energy. I mean, you could get my chakra healing if you are on my newsletter. Mm-hmm. If you're not, go to highestlighthealing.com. You get it right there. It's a great one. Um, yeah, so just any kind of chakra healing on the reg. So morning, clearing out your energy, or if you can't at night, do it then. Um, it seems very important because it does feel like there is a collective energy and it could be from this eclipse that just feels heavy. It heavy is it? It's like almost like a layer of, um, this is going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but it's almost like when you don't want to know something and it's been revealed. So Mm. it's sort of like something gets revealed and it's like, oh no, I don't want to know that I'm going to hide from it. Or you just don't know. It's like, I I don't know. I just don't like how this feels. So it's like a kind of cloudy energy. Mm. So if you are focused on how do I relax my nervous system? How can I give myself what I need? Clearing out the energy on the regs. Um, cause it does feel like it would be easy to pick up on the collective energy. Mm-hmm. So another good tool would be to imagine a cord at the top of your head and your crown chakra going to a big sun above your head and just bringing in only your light, your highest information, and then just clearing out what isn't yours. So having that real focus and resting. I was just going to say that I use your chakra clearing meditation all the time when I sense that I am giving my energy out uh, and I need to call it back. Mm-hmm. So. And not to get too pluggy, but it is really good for that. You know what? Get pluggy. Getting, Getting pluggy, pluggy with, with it. it. Oh, my God. We <laughs> both said that at the same time. We've been married a long time. <laughs> Almost 19 years, baby. Almost. 
so, um, well, actually, yeah. almost well, together. Dating yeah. Seventeen years. Same thing. Together. Okay, <laughs> I'm in a weird mood. So that is it. Yeah, like rest. Truly resting. Baths feel nice right now. If you can, if you have a bath. Um, sometimes people will ask, well, I don't have a bath. What can I do? Can you do a little foot bath? Mm. Can you get a little um, bowl, deep bowl or a, or a pot, put a little Epsom salt in it, soak your feet maybe. Um, just have the intent, especially right now with the grounding, it feels really nice to me to have like a focusing on the feet, on the grounding mm. um, and the clearing out, just the clearing out. Um, yeah. So it does feel like, yeah, I'm, I, I guess I'm just repeating myself. The other thing is just it feels like the ending um, maybe need a little bit of acknowledgement because it mm. does feel like things are leaving and that's part of the clearing out and maybe even just acknowledging, yes, I'm ready to let that go. I release you. I let you go, whether that be a person or an event or whatever it is. Okay. Maybe lighting a candle, doing something like that. I know I'm throwing a lot out there, but it's just a <laughs> lot of releasing, releasing, resting. And then it does feel like as we move into the next week, things start to get maybe Tuesday, I'll say, a little bit more like, oh, now I feel like doing this thing. Hmm. Now I'm feeling a little bit clearer. Okay. So that's that's where it's at. That's where <laughs> it's at. Um, how many turntables and how many microphones are there? I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Beck. I guess he had to. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you so greatly. We truly, truly do. Thanks yep. for being here. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.